Section 14 of The Shaving of Shagpat. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Michelle. The Shaving of Shagpat by George Meredith. Chapter 10 The Lily of the Enchanted Sea. Now, after the cockle shell had skimmed calmly a while, it began to pitch and grew unquiet and came upon a surging foam pale and with scintillating bubbles the surges increased in volume and boiled hissing as with anger like savage animals presently the cockle shell rose upon one very lofty swell and shibli bagarat lost hold of it and lo it was overturned and engulfed in the descent of the great mountain of water and the princess gorgerka was immersed in the depths she would have sunk but shibli bagarak caught hold of her and supported her to the shore by the strength of his arm the shore was one of sand and shells there were cheeks sparkling in the moonlight over it hung a promontory a huge jet of black rock now the princess when she landed seeing not him that supported her delayed not to run beneath the rock and ascended by steps cut from the base of the rock and shibli bagarak followed her by winding paths around the rock till she came to the highest peak commanding the circle of the enchanted sea and glimpses of enthralled vessels and mariners bewitched on board long paths of starlight rippled into the distant gloom and the reflection of the moon opposite was a wide nuptial sheet of silver on the waters islands green and white with soft music floating from their foliage sailed slowly to and fro surely to dwell reclining among the slopes of those islands a man would forfeit paradise now the princess as she stood upon the peak knew she was not alone and pretended to slip from her footing and shibli bagarak called out to him ran to her but she turned in the direction of his voice and laughed and he knew he was outwitted then to deceive her he dropped from a vial twenty drops round her on the rock and those twenty drops became twenty voices so that she was bewildered with their calls and stopped her ears and ran from them and descended from the eminence nimbly slipping over the ledges and leaping the abysses and shibli bagarak followed her clutching at the trailers and tearing them with him letting loose a torrent of stones and earth till on a sudden they stood together above a green sward basin of the rock opening to the sea and in the middle of the basin lo in stature like a maiden of the mountains one that drew with her head pensively thinking of her absent lover the enchanted lily wonder knocked at the breast of shibli bagarak when he saw the queenly flower waving its illumined head to the breeze he could not retain a cry of rapture as he did this the princess stretched her hand to where he was and groped a moment and caught him by the silken dress and tore in it a great rent and by the rent he stood revealed to her then said she o oh, youth thou hast done ill to follow me here and the danger of it is past computing surely the motive was a deep one not other than the love of me she spoke winningly sweet words to a luted voice and the youth fell upon his knees before her smitten by her beauty and he said i follow thee here and i would follow such loveliness to the gates of doom o princess of all she smiled and said playfully i will read by thy hand whether thou be one faithful in love she took his hand and sprinkled on it earth and gravel and commenced skinning it curiously as she scanned it her forehead wrinkled up and a shot like black lightning travelled across her countenance withering its beauty she cried in a forced voice aha 
it is well o youth for thee and for me that thou lovest me and art faithful in love the look of the princess of Alb and her voice affrighted the soul of shibli bagarak and he would have turned from her but she held him and went to the lily and emptied into the palm of her hand the dew that was in the lily and raised it to the lips of shibli bagarak bidding him drink as a pledge for her sake and her love and to appease his thirst as he was about to drink there fell into the palm of the princess from above what seemed like a bolt of storm scattering the dew and after he had blinked with the suddenness of the action he looked and beheld the hawk its red eyes inflamed with wrath and the hawk screamed into the ear of shibli bagarak pluck up the lily ere it is too late o fool the dew was poison pluck it up by the root with thy right hand so thereat he strode to the lily and grasped it and pulled with his strength and the lily was loosened it yielded and came forth streaming with blood from the bulb of the root surely the bulb of the root with a palpitating heart yet warm even as we have within our bosoms now from the terror of that sight the princess hid her eyes and shrank away and the lines of malice avarice and envy seemed aging her at every breath then the hawk pecked at her three pecks and perched on the corner of a rock and called shrilly the name karatz and the genie karatz came slanting down the night air like a praying bird and stood among them so the hawk cried see o karatz the freshness of thy princess of Olb. and the genie regarded her till loathing curled his lip for she grew in ghastliness to the colour of a frog and a frog's face was hers a camel's back a pelican's throat the legs of a peacock then the hawk cried is this how ye meet ye lovers ye that will be wedded and the hawk made his tongue as a thorn to them at the last it exclaimed now let us fight our battle karatz but the genie said nay there will come a time for that traitorous and the hawk cried thou delayest to the file of bitterment the hairs are garavan and this lily my three helps are expended thinking Achilles, for which we bought her striketh but a single blow that is well go then and take thy princess and obtain permission of the king of Alb, her father to wed her o karatz the hawk whistled with laughter and the genie was stung with its mockeries and clutched the princess of Alb in a bunch and rose from the ground with her slanting up the night air like fire till he was seen high above even as an angry star reddening the seas beneath when he was lost to the eye shibli bagrak drew a long breath and cried aloud the likeness of that princess of alb in her ugliness the norna my betrothed is a thing marvellous if it be not she herself and he reflected yet she seemed not to recognize me and claim me and thought i am bound to her by gratitude and i should have rescued her from karatz but i know not if it be she well i i am bewildered i will ask counsel of the hawk he took to the corner of the rock where the hawk had perched but the hawk was gone and as he searched for it his eyes fell upon the bed of earth where the lily stood ere he plucked it and lo in the place of the lily there was a damsel dressed in white shining silks fairer than the enchanted flower straighter than the stalk of it her head slightly drooping like the moon on a border of the night her bosom like the swell of the sea in moonlight her eyes dark under a low arch of darker lashes like stars on the skirts of storm and she was the very dream of loveliness formed to freeze with awe and to inflame with passion so shibli bagarak gazed at her with adoration his hand stretched halfway to her 
as if to clasp her, fearing she was a vision, and would fade, and the damsel smiled a sweet smile, and lifted her antelope eyes, and said, Who am I, and to whom might I be likened, O youth? And he answered, Who thou art, O young perfection, I know not, if not a hurry of paradise, but thou art like the princess of Olb, yet lovelier, O oh, lovelier, and thy voice is the voice of Norna, my betrothed, yet purer, sweeter, younger. So the damsel laughed a laugh like a sudden sweeping of wild chords of music, and said, O oh, youth, sawest thou not the scent of Norna, thy betrothed, gathered in a bunch by carats? And he answered, I saw her, but I knew not, O oh, damsel of beauty. Surely I was bewildered, amazed, without power to contend with the genie. Then she said, Wouldst thou release her? So kiss me on the lips, on the eyes, and on the forehead. Three kisses each time, and with the first say, By the well of Paravid, and with the second, By the strength of Garavan, and with the third, By the lily of the sea. Now the heart of the youth bounded at her words, And he went to her, and trembling kissed her all bashfully on the lips, on the eyes and on the forehead saying each time as she directed and she took him by the hand and stepped from the bed of earth crying joyfully thanks be to allah and the prophet norna is released from the sorceries that held her and powerful so while she was wondering she said knowest thou not the woman thy betrothed he answered o damsel of beauty i am charged with many feelings doubts and hopes are mixed in me say first who thou art and fill my two ears with bliss and she said i will leave my name to the lips surely i am the daughter of the vizier freshnavat betrothed to a wandering youth a barber who sickened at the betrothal and consoled himself with a proverb when he gave me the kiss of contract and knew not how with truth to pay me a compliment now shibli bagarak saw this was indeed norna bin norka his betrothed and he fell before her in love and astonishment but she lifted him to her neck and embraced him saying said i not truly when i said i am that i shall be my youth is not as that of bannavar beautiful gained it at another's cost but my own and stolen from me by wicked sorceries and he cried tell me o norna my betrothed how this matter came to pass she said on our way to Agnes. she bade him grasp the lily and follow her and he followed her down the rock and over the bright shells upon the sand admiring her stateliness her willowy lightness her slimness as of the palm-tree then she waded in the water and began to strike out with her arms and swim boldly he likewise and presently they came to a current that hurried them off in its course and carried them as weeds streaming rapidly he was bearing witness to his faith as a man that has lost hope of life when a strong eddy stayed him and whirled him from the current into the calm water so he looked for norna and saw her safe beside him leaning back the wet tresses from her face that was like the full moon glowing radiant behind a dispersing cloud and she said ask not for the interpretation of wonders in the sea for they cluster like dates on a date branch surely to be with me is enough and she bewitched him in the midst of the waters making him oblivious of all to save her so that he hugged the golden net of her smiles and fair flatteries and swam with an exulting stroke giving his breast broadly to the low billows and shouting verses of love and delight to her and while they swam sweetly behold there was a pearly shell of flashing crimson amethyst and emerald that came scudding over the waves toward them raised to the wind fan-shaped 
and in its front two silver seats. When she saw it, Norna cried, She has sent me this, Rapscar. Perchance is she favorable to my wishes, and this were well. Then she swayed in the water sideways and drew the shell to her, and the twain climbed into it, and sat each on one of the silver seats folded together. In its lightness it was like a foam bubble before the wind on the blue water, and bore them onward airily. At his feet Shibri Bagarag beheld a stool of carved topaz, and above his head the arch of the shell was inlaid with wreaths of gems. Never was a vessel fairer than that. And while they were speeding over the water, Norna said, At the end of this fair sea is Aklis, and beyond it is the Kush. So while the wind is our helmsman, and we go circled by the quiet of this sea, I'll tell thee of myself, if thou carest to hear. And he cried with the ardor of love, Surely I would hear of naught save thyself, Norna and the music of the happy garden compareth not in sweetness with it. I long for the freshness of thy voice, as the desert camel for the green spring, oh, my betrothed. So she said, And now give ear to the following. End of chapter 10